That was raising the bar. That was, uh, oh, here I am. Now you can hear me. I haven't preached in like a month and a half. Like what? I'm getting like, put me in, coach. Um, ah, come on now. I just want to say all those announcements are fire. Um, ah, Lord. Worship was so good. Can we just, can we just come right now? Like, this is an uncommon experience that I know it happens every week, but I just, I, I just get so thankful that worship, it just exceeds my heart every time. God, we're thankful, Lord, that we get a time to just make it all about you. <laughs> Amen. Oh, we'll probably pray a few more times, but that was good. Um, you guys doing well? Come on. All right. Well, one less thing to pray about. The U.S. is no longer in the World Cup. So uh, you can stop praying about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're from the U.K., you're stoked. But uh, you know who you are. You're, you're, you're revoked from the prayer team all year. No, I was kidding. Somebody didn't pray hard enough this morning. No, the Netherlands. No, we don't pray for the Netherlands anymore either. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Someone's going to take me seriously. I'm going to be in trouble. Please, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Uh, I like to laugh. All right, um, if you want to turn to John, you can. John 13. Whew. I'm in a happy mood. Anybody else in a happy mood? Come on. Okay, good. Good. How about a five out of ten? Five out of... Just kidding. <laughs> this is serious stuff. All right. Oh, Jesus. Um, all right, we're excited. Um, what else do I want to say? Uh, gosh, Lord. Well, let me, let me just pray for us. Uh, pray, for, pray for me. Pray for me differently than you did for the U.S. team. Um, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, this is not this is not a joke. Lord, uh, help me. Help us, God. Lord, I we're just so thankful that you're here, God. I just I just acknowledge and we honor your presence, God. We honor your presence, God. We honor that you're here. Lord, I love you, God. I love that you do all the hard work in history, God. You do all the hard work, Father. I feel like all our job is to do is just to look at you. Is just to point each other, to remind each other, just to remind us each other that, that you're here. Lord, Micah said it, right? Where does my help come from? Ah, oh. oh, Lord. Everybody say this. Say, I need help. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. I was just reminded, actually, um, Jessica and I, we used to have a home group years ago in San Diego. Met uh, Melissa and Micah back then, and and just over the years, but it was during those first couple of years of our marriage that um, the reason why um, I left the Navy and we kind of jumped into full-time ministry was because we were just so captivated by what happens when God shows up and does all the hard work. And uh, we were completely nobodies. We didn't know anything. We were literally just taking what we read in books and sharing it. But I just remember it was like, we, honestly, we just knew nothing about ministry. We probably did everything slightly wrong. 
And, um, but I was so, we were just, it was amazing what happened when you just said, Lord, come. And then you made space. You don't, you don't just say, Lord, come, and then you move on with your plan. <laughs> you actually have to like, Lord, come, and then you have to wait for him. And, um, and so we, we worshiped, we prayed, we, we, we did little mini messages, we prophesied. But it was just beautiful when God showed up every week and we saw him do all the work. Like we just saw, we saw homeless guys like get off the streets, get jobs, start an upholstery business. I married him like four years ago. Um, it's just so fun to see God, what he does. And um, anyway, yay God. All right, sorry, just thinking about that. If, you're, if, if, if life is hard for you right now, I want to encourage you to shift just a little bit and just, just ask yourself, how am I letting God come in and just, how am I honoring his presence? Because you can say, well, God, take my life. But unless you actually do something that shows him that you're going to let him have your life, meaning with decisions you make. Anyway, yeah, I'm kind of, that's not the message today. There's an intentionality to, for God moving in your life. You, you can't just give him lip service and then go on about your sinful ways or you're just ignoring him throughout the day. And so anyway, this isn't serious. I'm just, but it's serious. All right, all right. So let's go on. Um, all right, Lord, I'm going to read a scripture and then we're going to kind of get going. John 13, 36 through 38. Um, I'm going to get more into this, but I'm just going to read it first. Simon Peter, this is the NIV. Simon Peter asked him, this, so Jesus, this is after the, uh, after the, the, the Passover, or the, basically the, the Last Supper, they're, 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 they're eating Passover. And, and at some point at the end of this, and I'll get into it, but he's let, Simon Peter says, ask the Lord, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied. Because remember that Jesus just said, where I'm going, I'm, I'm about ready to leave you, right? And so like a, like a good disciple, he said, well, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now. But you will follow later, Peter asked. Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you, he says. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I don't know if he said it quite like that, but since I know the end of the story, I'm thinking he said it that way. Will you really lay your life, really, Peter? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So we're going to get more into that, but I want to I talk about um, a little bit of the Christmas season um, how many of you guys love, we already said it, I, a bunch of you guys said it. Some people like Thanksgiving better, and I can see why, because Christmas can kind of carry with it a little bit of like anxiety of like gifts, money, and I mean, there's just a lot of consumerism. I, I, I think of Christmas season, and I can't help but think Amazon Prime. Some of y'all didn't know what Amazon Prime, and never knew a time without Amazon Prime. Some of you, have, you know, like, somebody was like, well, I've, you've never seen a time without an iPhone. Um, some of us lived before Amazon Prime. I remember we were, I remember Amazon Prime came out and I'm like, 40 bucks? I don't know if I, are we going to really have shipped that much stuff to our house to make it worthwhile? Right? Do we, and, and like, now I'm like, who, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself like, like five to seven. No, like, have you ever, you know you have a problem when you start to look for something and you hit the filter button. By the way, this is a, this is a, a, a pro tip. You can, you can hit filter on Amazon and you can select a little button that says, I have to have it now, right? Well, it's actually, it says, I want it tomorrow. And so you can literally select a button where everything it shows you is available tomorrow. Some of y'all is like, isn't five to seven days? No, 
And Amazon Prime was at two to three, but tomorrow. And so I'm just thinking to myself like, man, and I preached a message on rest not too long ago. And this whole idea of not rushing, not being in a hurry, living a, 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 a unhurried lifestyle with Jesus. Here I am back at that filter button saying, I want it now. And I just think it's so interesting that this, this season is, uh, for one that's supposed to be just filled with uh, uh, just family and connection, I can't help but think Christmas is about um, sitting in traffic at 6.30 at night on, a, on the 23rd of December to the mall because you, you didn't Christmas shop enough and, and uh, trying to find... Uh, um, uh, what is it, wrapping paper, and we bought more lights because we're going to wrap our neighbor's tree because um, our house isn't enough anymore. And so, uh, <laughs> so we're at Home Depot. We got our Christmas tree today. You guys got your Christmas? Who's got your Christmas tree already? A few of us. Good job, you guys. Good job. Good job. Um, but we went to Home Depot to get a few more lights. And like I said, so where are the white, warm LEDs? Because colored lights, if you do colored lights, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> They have to be white because it's pure and it's just, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I asked him, I said, where are the warm color? Because nobody does that. You know, there's the warm and then there's the uh, bright. No, what is it? Cold, right? Cold. So he's got cool. Ooh, no. Warmth. So you got the warm LEDs because we're, we're, uh, we're environmentally conscious. And like Lisa said, it's that rack over there. And there's literally this Home Depot, right? So these massive racks. And there's literally like 12 feet of racks and it's completely empty. And I'm just like, man, people are smart. They get the right lights. Um, so I had to go on Amazon and get it tomorrow. So, <laughs> but I saved money because Home Depot didn't have the best deal. All right. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is that we are in the holiday seasons. Praise the Lord. And... Uh, <laughs> And I just can't help but think the holiday season is, it has a little bit of rushing around and stress to it. Am I right? At least I am. It's, it's for me sometimes. And then um, adding kids to your table doesn't help. But, um, but I just think this idea of instant thing, this thing of now, like I, I must have this now. And we take this now thing, not just to our normal life, but somehow because we're holistic beings, right? You can't really compartmentalize life as much as you want to. We tend to move this instantaneous thing into our walk with the Lord. And so we want it now. And so we think that the Lord is the God of right now, right? How many times, how many of you guys have ever prayed, Lord Jesus' name, right now, be healed? I find myself saying that every time I pray for healing. And to be real, like, I think that's, I, I think when Jesus prayed for people, it happened now. Right? Whether it was the man, whatever man that got partially healed and remember he saw people walking around like trees or, or whether it was completely instantly healed. I think that, that is the standard. So I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for now. But have you ever gotten in trouble thinking that when God said something, he meant now? I, honestly, I believe, as I think about, somebody asked me today, like, why are you preaching on that? And I'm like, what, what was going on? Is this something near your... And I'm saying, you know, honestly, this message is for me today. But as I meet with people, I can't help but think, man, this is a maturity thing. This is a maturing in life thing that, that those that are immature think of life as it happening right now to us. They literally go from one thing to a next thing. And so I think of Peter as one of those people. So the scriptures, kind of as I was kind of researching this idea of the God of not the right now, but the God of seasons. Say seasons. 
Say right now. Say Amazon Prime. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, so <laughs> let's laugh through this sermon. All right. Come on. This is the most fun for me. All right. So let's, so I'm going to go back into this. So Peter is one of these people. He's a little, impe- a little impetuous. He's like, now, like, you know, that Jesus gets arrested and who grabs a sword and instantly chops the guy's ear off? It was Peter, right? I even love that The Chosen, which is coming out December 13th, 11th. Anyway, it's coming out streaming um, on season three. But, but I love how even the chosen pros, um, portrays Peter as like this, like brash, like headstrong, like Jesus, is it time to tell everybody about you? No, not yet, Peter. It's not time. Like we have a few more stops. And so I just think of Peter as this guy. He's, he's a little brash. He, he would think right now. He would think right now. And, I, and so if we, as we look at the scripture here, um, in John 13, this is when, you know, Peter's been part of this crew and he's, he's still not quite mature. We know this because a few scriptures later, he chops the guy's ear off and, and, and Jesus is like, you know, he's like, let me just, just get that. Cool. All right, Peter, stop it. Right? And so, so this, Peter is that guy. And so as, 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 as Peter is at the table and, and Jesus is washing everybody's feet and Peter's the one that says, no, no, <laughs> let me wash yours. And he says, no, Peter, unless I do this, you can have no part of me. And so Peter is just one of these guys that I think sticks out to me. And, and so in this, you know, G- Jesus then says, let me, let me get through my own Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Are you guys already there? You guys turn there. Okay, right, right, okay. So he says this, and he says, uh, so Jesus then, then begins to tell the disciples about his death and what's going to happen. And so he says, um, he, says if, he says, little children, verse 33, I love you, he calls them little children. I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. And so he's saying this, he says, I'm not going to be with you very much longer. So Peter, like a good disciple, and like Peter, he's the one that shouts out uh, in verse 36, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now. Say now. But you will follow later. And Peter then says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? And so Jesus says, you can't follow me now. But Peter asks, why can't I follow you now? I want, you know, what's really interesting that that was really fun for me is that John, when he writes this, he writes this and the word Jesus saying, you can't follow me now. And Peter saying, why can't I follow you now? It sounds like a little four-year-old, doesn't it? Now, God. They're different words in the Greek. They're different words. Jesus uses the word now as if it's like, you can't follow me now, but sometime in the future. And Peter's, Peter is my, my three-year-old now. Je- Je- Jesus, can I follow you now? Now. And so I, I, it totally reminded me of like, uh, you guys ever have, tell me guys, some of you guys have kids. Um, it's, I, I'd love to use some other like more relatable, but right now all my stories involve kids. Um, <laughs> And, and I remember my kids, they, they'd say, 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 Dad, can we get frozen yogurt? And I'd say, not, now. not now, right? Not now. And so two minutes later, I hear it again. Dad, can we get some frozen yogurt now? No, not now. Soon. When soon? In a minute. Okay. 60 seconds, 45 seconds later. Okay, Dad, it's been a minute. 
My minutes are different than their minutes. Just like my soons are different than their soons. We now have a three-year-old that when we, we, we train him, I don't know how this happened, but he'd be like, can I, can I get a snack? And we say, no. And he says, why? And we say, soon. And he goes, soon? Soon, buddy, soon. And so we have not told him how long soon is yet. And, and, and when he learned this was maybe like, I don't know, nine months ago. And so soon meant not instantly, soon, right? It's coming, right? It's coming. And so now at the dinner table, we'll be like, buddy, you're all done? He's like, yeah, I'm all done. He's like, okay. And he gets down and said, buddy, it's, it's almost time for bedtime. And he goes, soon? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, soon. My soon at this point is, is now, right? It's, it's Peter's now, like soon. Like as soon as I eat this hamburger, it's over. We're gone, right? Like, <laughs> and, and, and his soon is like, so I said, yeah, soon, buddy. He goes, oh, good, soon. Because <laughs> his soon is not for a while. Because <laughs> it took a long time for me to get a snack last time you said soon. And so, so he's, it's just, it's so interesting that our now is different than his now. One, one illustration was like, you know, your wife, this doesn't happen to us, but we're at a party or something like that. And, and your wife, and, 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 and I'll, just, I'll put me, I'll throw me under the bus. That's not fun to throw my wife under the bus. And I start an argument and my wife goes, not now, honey. Right? And that doesn't mean like as soon as we leave the party, we're going to start arguing about this. It means like maybe the next day or never, right? Like not now, right? <laughs> so not now. Whatever it means to you, whatever now means to you, I want to just put the pause button, right? Like stick a pin in that. We'll come back around. And so listen, we're, so, so Jesus says, you cannot follow me now. And Peter says, why can't I follow you now? See, what Jesus is really saying is, you can't follow me in this season, but later, in, the, in, in, a, in a future season, and we're going to get in a little bit more. See, Jesus operates in seasons. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, it says, everything, there is a season. And one thing I've realized, and because someone had to say it to me for me to really sink into me, because I think we know this in some level, that but it really, it, sometimes you just got to be told. And I remember I was freaking out about something and, and uh, probably something really significant to me. And, um, and my, my friend sat me down and I said, well, what about this, this, this? And oh, it's all going to be horrible. And it's all going to come crashing down. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. This is just a season. There's another season coming. And when he said that, there was like this feeling of just relief came over me. Of like, oh, it's just a season. It's just a season. It's not, this isn't, the, this, isn't the, this isn't my life in one chapter book, right? This is a season. And when you begin to see your life as seasons, you begin to be a little bit more okay through struggles and trials. Amen? But imagine if like your life is like this moment right now, which is actually my whole life, and you're screwing this up royally, and it's like, ah, it's all ruined. <laughs> and then Jesus comes in and says, not now, <laughs> but soon this is all going to be behind you. 
Because I'm doing something. So God works in seasons. How do we know this? Um, you look at the um, seasons in mind. Look at the rhythms of life. He, um, the sun goes up and it comes down. It goes up and it comes down. The earth goes around the, uh, uh, the, the sun, right? And so it goes around the sun. Thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> well, I was a homeschooling kid. She's like, honey, don't ever talk to my kids about it. <laughs> but we have seasons, the tides. The tides go in, the tides go out. There is a rhythm to life. Everybody say rhythm. Say, my life has rhythm. You may not, right? But your life does. Your life has rhythm. You're not all allowed to be drummers. But listen, everything, there's a season for everything. There's a winter, spring, summer, fall. Some people like autumn instead of fall. But, but it, everything has a season. There's, there's what? What's it's, um, we're in Thanksgiving time, right? So there's like Black Friday. There's Cyber Monday. And then there's the men's half really sale like right before Christmas. No, it's the 26th, right? So there's a season for everything. You guys didn't laugh at that. All right, I'm done with jokes. Okay. Sorry. Am I the only one? I, I used to live for the men's. I, I don't know anymore, but I got healed. Um, Jesus. But there are seasons. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so God doesn't put a bunch of obstacles in our path to to just wear us out over time. He calls us to operate inside of seasons. I was thinking about seasons, and I thought about, I thought about um, a couple different people. First, I want to sh share about is Moses. What are we doing on time? Oh, we're great. Moses, I love Moses. Moses is one of the great leadership um, parables, uh, not parables, stories. It actually happened, thank you. Um, <laughs> Moses' life is a beautiful, um, beautiful story on leadership. There's a great book by Ruth, uh, I think it's Ruth Barton. Anyway, she talks about Moses um, being a, uh, just a way of walking through the seasons of leadership. But if you look at Moses' life, uh, you, you, you get from the, the, you know, he was an orphan. Um, he went into the palace as a, as a kind of adopted son. And then he moved into, and then at some point, he, he, remember, he, had, he murders the Egyptian. Uh, and, and so he, he has this whole season where he's a murdering, it's the murdering season, right? That's, I don't know what the title's what it's called, but this is the season where I murder someone. And, and, and then all, all the Israelites basically say, get the heck out of here. We never asked for you to do this. So he literally gets shunned and like pushed out by his own people that he's all, all along he's known he's supposed to be a part of. And so he leaves and runs. This is the season where I run. And then, and then he ends up in the desert and he becomes a shepherd. And so this is a season of silence and solitude where Moses' leadership is being formed in the quiet places. So then Moses is, apparently the Lord thought he, he, had, he had been alone long enough and he moves him into this next season, right, called the burning bush season where God speaks to him and he takes his shoes off and, he, and, he, and he's at a place now where Moses' thoughts and his minds as a leader are no longer so clouded by all of his own ideas and pride because he's been in silence and solitude like tending sheep of all things, right? There's no, there's no fanfare as a leader tending sheep. And so he's finding a place where he can hear the Lord. And so the Lord shows up and he turns, right? That's what in the Bible it says. He turns to, to listen. And so he had that season. And then he had the season where he had to overcome his speeching, uh, his fear of speaking and all these things. You guys, this is all happening. All these seasons happening to Moses happened before. Before he had his whole calling. 
where he, or what he's known for is leading the Israelites out of Egypt into the Exodus. And before, before the, the parting of this, all these seasons happened. And we wouldn't look at any of these seasons as being insignificant, would we? We don't read Moses' story and say, well, he didn't really need that season. That was extra. Like, ah, that was extra credit. He went for bonus points. No, every season that we read in Moses, you can see it. You can see how it formed his leadership. You can see how it caused him to, to relinquish his self and, and be able to serve the Lord and do what was impossible in front of him. Does that make sense? Seasons. Say seasons. seasons. All right. I want, to talk about, I want to talk about Joseph next. I love Joseph. This man, this is, he's just my life. He's my spirit animal or something like that. But he is just, he is the man for me. Um, Joseph's destiny, I'll tell you what, when Joseph has his dream, this is like when he was a young guy. If you guys don't know the story, Joseph, he's a man of God, he's a, he's a young man. He has a dream. And in the dream, God, God shows him. Everybody bowing, his, his brothers are all bowing down to him and he's ruling over them. And so Joseph, like a very immature person like you and I might do one time, he begins to share the dream, right? And of course, the, the brothers didn't like that. His dad didn't like that. And so they throw him into a pit. Well, it, from the time that he had that dream, from the time, if you know the end of the story, Mo, um, Joseph ends up basically being in charge of the kingdom. The time in between that is 17 years. How many seasons did Joseph have? Right? We have, we have the, the, I don't know if we're going to name these two, but you know, like, oh Lord, I'm dying in a pit season. Right? Because his brothers basically put him in a pit to die. And then they said, ah, we're just kidding. Let's just sell him into slavery. So then he has this whole season where he's a slave in, in this, in, I think it's Potiphar's house, right? This, uh, this, wealthy, um, this wealthy man. And I love that, I was looking at this in Genesis 39.2. It says this about Joseph. While he's in this, he's, while he's in this place. He says, and the Lord was with Joseph in the season. He was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And I love, I love this, that, he was, that this was said of Joseph. That he was a prosperous man while he was a slave. He's literally in a wealthy man's house. But, but, but God decides to talk about Joseph being the wealthy one. Because in any season you're in, you have this ability to thrive. You have this ability to be what God would say wealthy. And of course he doesn't mean money, right? But he's a prosperous man. And so Joseph had, just to make this short, Joseph had all these seasons, right? He was, he was in the prison and then he was, uh, and then he was in the prison longer. <laughs> and then he was betrayed by these other, anyway, he had all these seasons. But Joseph was out able to thrive in every season. What oftentimes I realize for me, and if you're a little like me, hopefully you can relate, but I want my destiny now, or at least soon, right? I want all of this now. You guys ever had a, ever God ever give you a dream or like a prophetic word that was pretty specific? I had a dream one time in February of a, a few years ago, and this dream outlined this whole situation that I was stressing about, right? Sorry, I do stress sometimes. Pray for me. And, and I remember thinking, my, I remember I used to get this dream and I couldn't figure out exactly what this dream meant, but I knew it meant something powerful was supposed to change. And so I'm thinking, things are going to change. This is awesome. I'm, I've been delivered, right? <laughs> Just like the Psalm says, Lord, where does my help come from? March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. And then in November, this thing hits me. 
And everything in that dream began to play out, almost word for word. Even the faces in the dream were the same faces in real life. And so oftentimes, you guys ever get this? You ever feel what happens is God will show you something. And shoot, I actually, I'll just be honest. I straight forget what he shows me. I think he does, I think, he, I think he's like made me that way so that I won't think it was me that like walked into his plans perfectly. Like I literally stumble into his plans and then when he's done, he's like, you remember the, you remember the dream? Honestly, a lot of prophetic words, we get them to, to encourage what's already happening. Most of the time, the prophetic word that you get is to encourage that you're on the right track. But I just realized the power of seasons is that we realize that just because God tells you something now doesn't mean it's for now. I think of David too. David, it was 10, it was, it was 10 years from when God anointed him to be king to when he actually was in power. Do you think, do you think the season of David in the field with a bunch of sheep bat, <laughs> was wasted? Do you think the season of him defeating Goliath was wasted? Do you think it was extra? How many of our seasons do we're thinking like, Lord, do I really have to go through this? I want to share this about seasons. Is that there's, um, if you haven't figured this out yet, I was just meditating more about seasons and Lord, how is it affecting my life? Because it affects my life. And my, if it feeds me, it might feed them. And I realized that seasons are not as uh, simple as we'd like to think they are. You might have one part of your life that is just firing. You're in a season. Like, come on, God, this is my season. And then there's a whole nother part of your life where you're in a season. You guys are out there like, like literally full out. Like your family is like, right, right now, my family is firing. It's like, it's so fun. Like we're about to adopt these two kids in less than a month. Like we just got back from like uh, Death Valley, which is really her season, not mine. But, but I love her. So I'm excited for our season. And so, <laughs> you know, my birthday's coming up. Like this is my season, right? And then you have this whole other thing, maybe part of your life. You're like, it's like, if it wasn't for this season, and so I just, I just want you to recognize, like, there's, you might be have seasons. I think of our church, like, this past year, ever since January, if you're kind of new to this church, we used to meet on Sunday mornings. We used to be like everybody else. And uh, we met on Sunday morning, and, um, and, then, and, then, and then a season changed. A chapter in our church changed. And I can actually look back, I can see the chapter of launching in a nightclub. And I can see the chapter of going to two services. And, and I can see the chapter of, of just people's lives coming and going and just merging and melding and beautiful stuff. And, and so we, we we're in this chapter this year of 2023, 20, 22, 22. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing a challenge. We're looking ahead right now. Um, now, Jesus, now. And so there's this whole chapter. Is it hot in here? Um, there's this whole chapter. <laughs> we are doing good on time. That's my season right now. Um, no, so we go, we're, so we, we, God says, hey, don't fret, don't worry. We're going into watermark. It's going to be a blessing because I say it's a blessing and it's going to be amazing. I was a little bit worried about moving to a Saturday on this day. And, um, and, but you know, we've moved in here as of January and you know what's been amazing? It's been amazing to watch aspects of this community just take off. 
And whereas, not, I mean, field work, our last building was really sweet. It was amazing. I loved it. It was beautiful. It was white. It was polished. I loved it. It wasn't a church building. It just hit so many of my beautiful places. I'm like, let's go. And then we move in here, and I love it. Like, I, I'm on the worship stream too, and like the worship can just be bigger in a sense. We can, we, we've got a drum cage for one, and like, well, I guess we have one back in them. Anyway, <laughs> memories. But like, we, we, it's just a totally different season. And I've, I've, I feel like our worship seems to just go from glory to glory in this season. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Like, Mike and I were just chatting about this. Like, it just keeps getting better. Like, it was better than last week. And I led last week, right? So, like, come on. But, like, it, it just goes from better to better. And it's been an amazing season. It's so many our, our presence groups have been phenomenal. Our leadership team has been growing. You guys, I've been meeting with some of you guys. And I'm just so proud of how you're handling this season in your life. And yet at the same time, how that's been like this amazing season, I'm getting text messages from people in our church that can't come. We really want to come, but these are just so hard for us because X, Y, Z. And, and I'm the kind of guy that's just like, hey, it's totally fine. Like, honestly, just follow the Lord. Just press in and wherever you're at. So I'm into that. But I, my heart breaks a little bit because I recognize in some ways our church is in a season. So how do you guys get to this? How do you guys walk through this tension of like this one part of your life is firing. It's in a season. This other time it's like it's in a season. And God says, you can't come with me now, but soon you'll be able to come with me now. I get the feeling that when we get to heaven and maybe... Maybe you've already had this conversation with him as you look back at your life. And some of you guys are older than me and, and, and you, you've probably processed this through way better. Um, but I get the impression that when we get older or when we get to heaven, depending on our maturity level, uh, he's going to have his arm around us. He's going to be like, remember that season? You remember how much you hated it? But do you, know, but do you see how that season led to that chapter, led to that chapter. Right? You know, the, the, to me, this just screams maturing. When I think about living in seasons, screams to me as I'm growing up. I'm becoming, I'm... It, well, let, let's just get back to this. I, I wanted to finish with um, John 21 and get back to Peter. And I think I want to make sure I leave time for that. So in John 21, let me turn there. You can turn there too. I'm going to kind of cherry pick as we just kind of go through it. But this is after Jesus ascends, um, dies and resurrects, and he's, and he's met. The, and, and the disciples are off in a boat. They're off in a boat and they're fishing. Um, I, I can only imagine they're no longer doing ministry I can imagine they're just, they're, they're freaking out, you know, it didn't work. Um, all, these, all these plans and stuff. So they're out in, in, in John 21, they're out in the boat, and they're, and they're fishing, right? Because that's what they, they, they went to last thing and knew what to do. And then Jesus comes along, but they don't know it's him. And, and, and Jesus says, children, you know what's interesting? He, he says, children. Did you know in John 13, you can go back and look, this is the NASB, but he says, he calls them children again. I thought that was interesting. That's just a side note. Maybe one of you guys can look up the, the Greek word for children. And I'm curious, why does he call them children? But he says, children, 
You do not have any fish, do you? <laughs> they answered, no. <laughs> Probably with some expletive. No, I'm just kidding. And, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch. And so they did this. And of course, they're like, whoa, like this. And, and, and I, you can only imagine, they're just like, I've seen this before. And so they look up and, and John's over there and it says the disciple who Jesus loved, which I, we, we know is wonderful. We love that. Jesus, and John wrote this book and so he's calling himself the one that Jesus loved. And he said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard it, it was the Lord. He put on his outer garments on and threw himself into the sea. I love that. So they all go up and, and they, uh, they, they gather around him and he's already got a fire made and he's already got fish on there and yet he says, bring some fish, which only makes me think that Jesus doesn't really need what we bring to the table, but he wants it. And so he, he, he gathers them around and he, and he says, come to me, you guys. And then he has this interchange, the exchange with Peter. And he, and he, and he, says, he says, John, or it says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he says, he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend, my sh tend to my lambs. And then he says it again. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he, and he says, and, and Peter, yes, of course I love you. Come on. And he says, I've been with you for a while, right? And, and then Jesus says, tend, tend my sheep. And so Jesus says a third time, he says, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, he's getting a little frustrated here. Lord, you know, I, he says he's grieved. He says, you know I do. But you guys probably know this, but the words that they're using for love are different. Jesus is saying, do you agape me? And agape is this unconditional love where you, you would do anything for someone regardless of whether. It's like, I agape love Jessica. Like, I love you, honey, and I don't need her to say it back. Right? I just love you because of you. You're who you are. You're, you're wonderful. You're perfect. Most no, um, and so and so, but 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 Peter says, saying, "Lord, you know I phileo you, phileo, phileo, yeah, that's it." And that is the word for brotherly love. That's like, yo, brother, love. You know I love you, Jesus. And I just think this is fascinating that there, again we find ourselves with Jesus and Peter using the same word, using different words. And what I think is really powerful here is Jesus is saying, Peter, Peter, I, I, I need you to grow up. I need you to mature. And I need you to mature out of the brotherly love for me. And I need you to mature into this, this, un, this, this, this agape love, this, un, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the word, unconditional love for me. And so I, I, I love it. It's, it's when Peter is here, he's, he's literally saying a different person. Oh, no, and, and then it goes on. And then it goes on. He says, truly, 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 I say to you, verse 18, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird, he's saying this to Peter, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. You used to do this. But when you grow old, when you mature, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will gird you and bring you to where you do not wish to go. And I love that, I feel like he's saying this, like, listen, when you grow into this next season, it's not going to be all about you and what you can do for you and what, you know, of course I'm never going to leave you, who then betrays him three times. But he's going to go to a place where he actually will then truly be able to follow Jesus and have this unconditional love. He'll be able to realize that there's a maturing in this. And the maturing in our seasons is not you getting better. Maturing in our seasons is actually letting him 
gird us and him lead us and him strengthen us. Does that, does that make sense? That's all I wanted to say. I'm not totally done though, but see, this is so big, you guys. It's not just, if you're in a great season, like, Honestly, when I, when I think about seasons, I just think about 20 different questions. Oh, can we get the worship team come up here? I'll let them, I don't want to surprise them, so I'll give them a few minutes. Here's what I want to do. I just, when I think of seasons, I think about pastoring people through seasons. One, it's important to know what a season's for and what it's about and to know that you have them, okay? But I want you, I want you to, I think of these questions like, well, well, God, I want, to, I want to ask him questions. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, okay? I want you to begin to think. I want to use this time together before you run off and have some snacks and a charcuterie board the size of Manhattan. Like, I, I, I want us to think about what does this mean for me? Some of you guys naturally do that. Some of us were just like, that was awesome, Pastor. We out. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions as they begin to, and then we'll, 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 leave, we'll end with a worship song. Um, I want you to first and foremost, I want you to ask the Lord, what season am I in? By the way, I don't know how long seasons are supposed to last. Just, just sharing that. So right now, just in your own, on your own, if you're in the hallway, ask yourself right now, Father, what, or ask him, or just even process for a second, what kind of season am I in? And it's okay if it's a season. <laughs> it's okay if it's a hard season. You're no less a person of faith. You do with it is really what, what dictates what kind of faithful person you are. And it may, maybe it might be fun to give it a title. This is my, this is my jobless season. This is my promotion season. This is my, I just got a callback season. Like, oh, let's go. This is my, I have not been healed yet season. And now what I want to ask you is a great question. I think I got it from Graham Cook. What, what does God want to be for you in this season? that he can't be for you in a different season, in the next season? What's he forming in you in this season? If you were David tending the sheep, what do you think his answer would be, right? Standing before, uh, delivering sandwiches to his brothers and getting ready to take down Goliath. What did the Lord want to teach him in that season? I feel the Lord. <laughs> Why don't you stand with me? We're going to worship. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Um, next week, I, I, I was, depending on how this message went, and you can let me know how it went, but oh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> depending kind of how I felt I wanted to preach a part two to this message and um, kind of a I, I wanted to just from just I wanted to talk about practically 
practically, how do we process our way through a season? Because how you process your way through a season is, is usually going to be how you operate through a season. Because if you're in a season where you're literally just a mess and you're just like, you're going back to addictions, you're going back to isolation and stuff. If you don't have someone to process with, you can literally take a season that was supposed to last 40 days. <laughs> it turns into 40 years. And so I want to, next week I want to take time and work through how do we get through these seasons? How do we, how do we, how do we be successful? How do we, how do we get on to the next one for some of us, right? And for other of us, how do we get everything out of this season? Amen. Let me pray. Father, uh, Lord, I pray, I pray for, I pray for us, God, this family, Lord, that we would know how to walk this season out, God. I even pray for our church and the people that can't be here, God. I pray that you would teach us to walk through the season, not to rush through it, not to try to make something happen so that we can be done with the season. But some of us need to just let go of the reins and let the season keep moving forward. So Father, I pray for grace and mercy for everyone that's going through a difficult season. You are faithful, Lord. You are faithful. You're a good, good father. You're perfect in every way. And so if that's you, I, just, I encourage you, grab a hold of God's grace, grab a hold of his wisdom and just know that he will come, he will come through with you. The Bible doesn't say this too shall continue. It says this too shall pass. And so I promise you, the season will pass. There, there's another chapter coming. There's a new dawn coming, but right now, it's good to be where you're at. And for those of you that are in a really good season, God, I pray that they would be courageously moving forward. I pray that they would grab a hold of all the abundance this season has to not shrink back in, in, in the wrongs of humility, but to charge forward so that they can graduate into this next season. So wherever you guys are at, Lord, I bless us. I bless this church. I bless, I, I bless this season. As we move into 2023, <laughs> may, this, may this usher in something beautiful for everyone. Amen. Amen.